This is Mrs. Corin reading chapter eight. Energy is the most central concept underlying all of science. Surprisingly, the idea of energy was unknown to Isaac Newton and its existence was still being debated in the 1850s. Even though the concept of energy is relatively new, today we find it ingrained not only in all branches of science, but in nearly every aspect of human society. We are all quite familiar with energy. Energy comes to us from the sun in the form of sunlight. It's in the food we eat and it sustains life. Energy may be the most familiar concept in science, yet it is one of the most difficult to define. Persons, places, and things have energy, but we observe only the effects of energy when something is happening, only when energy is being transferred from one place to another or transformed from one form to another. We begin our study of energy by observing a related concept, work. Section 8.2, I'm sorry, 8.1, work. The previous chapter showed that the change in an object's motion is related to both force and how long the force acts. How long means time. Remember that the quantity force times time is called impulse. But how long need not always mean time. It can mean distance also. When we consider the quantity force times distance, we are talking about an entirely different concept. This concept is called work. We do work when we lift a load against the Earth's gravity. The heavier the load or the higher we lift it, the more work we do. Two things enter into every case where work is done. Number one, the application of a force. And two, the movement of something by that force. Let's look at the simplest case in which the force is constant and the motion takes place in a straight line in the direction of the force. Then the work done on the object by an applied force is the product of the force and the distance through which the object is moved. Work equals force times distance. In equation form, W equals FD. When we lift two loads up one story, we do twice as much work as we would lifting one load the same distance because the force needed to lift twice the weight is twice as great. Similarly, if we lift one load two stories instead of one story, we do twice as much work because the distance is twice as great. Notice that the definition of work involves both a force and a distance. A weightlifter holding a barbell weighing 1,000 newtons over his head does no work on the barbell. He may get really tired holding it, but if the barbell is not moved by the force he exerts, he does no work on the barbell. Work may be done on the muscles by stretching and squeezing them, which is a force times distance on a biological scale, but this work is not done on the barbell. Lifting the barbell, however, is a different story. When the weightlifter raises the barbell from the floor, he is doing work on it. Work generally falls into two categories. One of these is the work done against another force. When an archer stretches her bowstring, she is doing work against the elastic forces of the bow. Similarly, when the ram of a pile driver is raised, work is required to raise 
the ram against the force of gravity. When you do push-ups, you do work against your own weight. You do work on something when you force it to move against the influence of an opposing force, often friction. The other category of work is work done to change the speed of an object. This kind of work is done in bringing an automobile up to speed or slowing it down. The unit of measurement for work combines a unit of force, newtons, with a unit of distance, meters. The resulting unit of work is the Newton meter, also called the joule, in honor of James Joule. One joule of work is done when the force of one Newton is exerted over the distance of one meter, as in lifting an apple over your head. For larger values, we speak of kilojoules, thousands of joules, or megajoules, millions of joules. The weightlifter in figure 8.1 does work on the order of kilojoules. To stop a loaded truck going at 100 kilometers an hour takes megajoules of work. Section 8.2, power. The definition of work says nothing about how long it takes you to do the work. When carrying a load up some stairs, you do the same amount of work whether you walk or run up the stairs. So why are you more tired after running upstairs in a few seconds than after walking upstairs in a few minutes? To understand this difference, we need to talk about how fast the work is done, or power. Power is the rate at which work is done. It equals the amount of work done divided by the time interval during which the work is done. Power equals work done divided by time interval. A high power engine does work rapidly. An automobile engine that delivers twice the power of another automobile engine does not necessarily produce twice as much work or go twice as fast as the less powerful engine. Twice the power means that the engine can do twice the work in the same amount of time or the same amount of work in half the time. A powerful engine can get an automobile up to a given speed in less time than a less powerful engine can. The unit of power is the joule per second, also known as the watt, in honor of James Watt, the 18th century developer of the steam engine. One watt, capital W, of power is expanded when one joule of work is done in one second. One kilowatt, KW equals 1,000 watts. One megawatt equals 1 million watts. In the United States, we customarily rate engines in terms of horsepower and electricity in kilowatts, but either may be used. In the metric system of units, automobiles are rated in kilowatts. One horsepower, HP, is the same as 0.75 kilowatts. So an engine rated at 134 horsepower is a 100 kilowatt engine. 8.3, mechanical energy. When work is done by an archer to drawing a bowstring, the bent bow acquires the ability to do work on the arrow. When work is done to raise the heavy ram of a pile driver, the ram acquires the ability to do work on the object when it that it hits when it falls. When work is done to wind a spring mechanism, the spring acqu acquires the 
sorry, the spring acquires the ability to do work on various gears to run a clock, ring a bell, or sound an alarm. In each case, something has been acquired that enables the object to do work. It may be in the form of compression of atoms in the material of an object, a physical separation of attracting bodies, or a rearrangement of electric charges in the molecules of a substance. This some substance, this something that enables an object to do work is energy. Like work, energy is measured in joules. It appears in many forms that will be discussed in the following chapters. For now, we will focus on the two most common forms of mechanical energy, the energy due to the position of something or the movement of something. Mechanical energy can be in the form of either potential energy or kinetic energy. Section 8.4, Potential Energy. An object may store energy by virtue of its position. The energy that is stored and held in readiness is called potential energy, PE, because in the stored state, it has the potential for doing work. A stretched or compressed spring, for example, has a potential for doing work. When the bow is drawn, energy is stored in the bow. The bow can do work on the arrow. A stretched rubber band has potential energy because of its position. If the rubber band is part of a slingshot, it is also capable of doing work. The chemical energy in fuels is also potential energy. It is actually energy of position at the submicroscopic level. This energy is available when the positions of electric charges within and between molecules are altered, that is, when a chemical change takes place. Any substance that can do work through chemical action possesses potential energy. Potential energy is found in fossil fuels, electric batteries, and the food we eat. Work is required to elevate objects against the Earth's gravity. The potential energy due to elevated positions is called gravitational potential energy. Water in an elevated reservoir and the raised ram of a pile driver have gravitational potential energy. The amount of potential, gravitational potential energy possessed by an elevated object is equal to the work done against gravity in lifting it. The work done equals the force required to move it upward times the vertical distance it is moved. Remember, force equals FD. The upward force required while moving a, a pardon me. The upward force required while moving at constant velocity is equal to the weight mg of the product of the object. So the work done in lifting it through the height h is the product mgh. Gravitational potential energy equals weight times height. Pe equals mgh. Note that the height is the distance above some chosen reference level, such as the ground or the floor of a building. The gravitational potential energy, mgh, is relative to that level and depends only on mg and h. We can see in figure 8.3 that the potential energy of the boulder at the top of the ledge does not depend on the path taken to get there. Kinetic energy. Push on an object and you can set it in motion. 
If an object is moving, then it is capable of doing work. It has energy of motion or kinetic energy, Ke. The kinetic energy of an object depends on the mass of the object as well as its speed. It is equal to half the mass multiplied by the square of the speed. Kinetic energy equals one half mass times speed squared. Ke equals one half mv squared. When you throw a ball, you can do work on it to give it speed as it leaves your hand. The moving ball can then hit something and push it, doing work on what it hits. The kinetic energy of a moving object is equal to the work required to bring it to that speed from rest, or the work that the object can do while being brought to rest. Net force times distance equals kinetic energy. Or in equation notation, FD is equal to one-half mv squared. Note that the speed is squared. So if the speed of an object is doubled, its kinetic energy is quadrupled, since two squared equals four. Consequently, it takes four times the work to double the speed. Also, an object moving twice as fast takes four times as much work to stop. Accident investigators are aware that a car going 100 kilometers an hour has four times the kinetic energy it would have than if it were going at 50 kilometers an hour. So a car going 100 kilometers an hour will skid four times as far when its brakes are locked than it would at 50 kilometers an hour because speed is squared for kinetic energy. Kinetic energy exists in various other forms of energy, such as thermal energy, random molecular motion, acoustical energy, molecules vibrating in rhythmic patterns, and radiant energy, originating from the motions of electrons within atoms. There is much in common among the various forms of energy. 8.6, conservation of energy. More important than knowing what energy is, is understanding how it behaves, how it transforms. We can better understand nearly every process or change that occurs in, in nature if we analyze it in terms of transformation of energy from one form to another. As you draw back the stone in a slingshot, you do work stretching the rubber band. The rubber band then has potential energy. When released, the stone has kinetic energy equal to this potential energy. It delivers this energy to its target, perhaps a wooden fence post. The slight distance the post is moved multiplied by the average force of impact doesn't quite match the kinetic energy of the stone. The energy score doesn't balance. But if you investigate further, you'll find that both the stone and the fence are a little bit warmer. By how much? by the energy difference. Energy changes from one form to another. It transforms without net loss or net gain. The study of the various forms of energy and the transformations from one form to another led to one of the greatest generalizations in physics, the law of conservation of energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can be transformed from one form to another but the total amount of energy never changes. When you consider any system in its entirety, 
whether it is as simple as swinging pendulum or as complex as an exploding galaxy, there is one quantity that does not change energy. It may change form or it may be transformed from one place to another, but the total energy score stays the same. This energy score takes into account that the fact that each atom that makes up matter is a concentrated bundle of energy. When the nuclei or cores of atoms rearrange themselves, enormous amounts of energy can be released. The sun shines because some of its nuclear energy is transformed into radiant energy. In, nucle in nuclear reactors, nuclear energy is transformed into heat. Enormous compression due to gravity in the deep, hot interior of the sun causes hydrogen nuclei to fuse and become helium nuclei. This high temperature welding of atomic nuclei is called thermonuclear fusion and will be covered later in chapter 40. This process releases radiant energy, some of which reaches the earth. Part of this energy falls on plants and some of the plants later become coal. Another part sustains life in the food chain that begins with the microscopic marine animals and plants and later gets stored in oil. Part of the sun's energy is used to evaporate water from the ocean. Some water returns to the earth as rain that is trapped behind a dam. By virtue of its elevated position, the water behind the dam has potential energy that is used to power a generating plant far below the dam. The generating plant transforms the energy of falling water into an electrical energy. Electrical energy travels through wires to homes where it is used for lighting, heating, cooking, and operating electric toothbrushes. How nice that energy is transformed from one form to another. Okay, so the next section, we're not actually covering this year, which is machines. So the next section, 8.7, covers machines and then efficiency, and then 8.9 covers energy for life. Kind of a review of that synopsis I just read. All right, so that's all for this year for chapter eight.